Today on the pod, we have Jake Gearing, senior at South Range High School. Uh, he's going to talk about coaches that have impacted him so far throughout his life, his decision to commit to Ohio State for baseball, which football teammates will break out this fall, and his odd, weird obsession with baseball gloves. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Bases Loaded Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Kennedy, and today my guest is Jake Gehring. Jake, how's it going, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Thanks for being on. Um, so how old are you and where do you go to high school? Um, I'm 17 years old. be turning 18 in a couple weeks. Um, I go to South Range High School, which is in Canfield, Ohio. Okay. Uh, what sports do you play there? I play baseball, football, and basketball. All right. So... Uh, going into your senior year, you got your sophomore season of baseball. I'm sorry, your junior year of baseball cut out. Um, how was that for you from a mental standpoint? Um, I think it just makes you want to want that senior year more and to accomplish what what you missed in your junior year to accomplish just even greater heights and even more. It, it's crazy to think you know you know you never go into high school thinking that like one of your years is going to be cut short from a pandemic, maybe an injury, but it's just crazy and it makes you want to work harder and keep going for that next year. Absolutely. Uh, so I first heard of you uh, from Jace Middleton, who I had previously on the show. How do you guys know each other? So Jace and I have known each other for maybe two years now. We kind of got recruited to Ohio State for baseball at the same time, met him on a visit in the camp a couple times, and then just throughout the summer circuit and just talking, we've grown super close and he's going to end up being my roommate at Ohio state. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't realize that. So who's going to do all the, uh, the chores in the, in the dorm? Well, I sent him a picture of the steaks I made today. So I'm definitely going to be cooking. <laughs> definitely me. And Jay says his grand, I mean, Jason's family lives super close, like a lot closer than I do. And he says his grandma is going to be able to make us dinners every Sunday and do our laundry. So we got that on the hookup. Don't have to worry. So basically we're worried about playing Euchre, going to school and playing baseball. That's basically what we're worried about. Man, you guys are living the dream. You are living yeah. the dream. Absolutely. That is great. Uh, how difficult is it balancing baseball and football in the summer? Um, it's tough, you know, just because you want to be at both things because you like both things and, to be good at football for a team, you got to be there and you got to practice with your kids and with your team. But my coaches at South Range are really understandable about what my main sport is and what my future is. So I think just having good people around you makes it so much easier to do those both sports and excel at both. So how, uh, as far as being a kid and being around all the sports, uh, you know, what was your childhood like? Who did you look up to? Um, so I, my pitching coach, actually, Matt DeSalvo, I've been with him since I was 10 years old. Went to Marietta, was, is the, like, college, at any level, college record holder for wins and strikeouts, and that's out of a D3 school. And just being around him ever since I was 10 years old, just watching his work, work ethic and how he goes about things, is it's really rubbed off of me. I've had multiple coaches, and, like, my family, of course, is just – inspired me to do great things so you remember going to uh to football games on friday night and looking up to the high school kids yeah i do i remember my dad used to 
coached wrestling at South Range, and a bunch of his wrestlers played football. So I remember, you know, them coming over the house and just hearing about stories. And I remember being little, you know, decked out my Raider gear and I had a little Raider towel going to games. And I felt like those were my guys. Like I wanted them to win more than anything. (laughs) Uh, So personally for you, what would you say your best day ever is um, as an athlete? Um, I'd have to say last year or my sophomore year, excuse me, I threw a perfect game, 15 strikeouts in five innings against a team. We merged it on like eight, nothing and five, but I don't, they think they fouled off like three balls the whole day. Just straight. I was in the zone. I don't know why. And then when I was younger, my last six at bats of the season were home runs and it was just unconscious. Anything they threw me, I hit over the fence. It was, it was insane. I had so, no idea what was going on. <laughs> so it's one of those things where you like hope it keeps going to the extra innings so you can keep playing. Yeah, I remember, like, and we were facing, we were at a tournament in Maryland at the Cal Ripken, so it was, like, really, really good teams, and I just, like, anything, they, I hit a, a home run over center field, dead center, and then I just, every ball, just no matter where I hit it, it went over the fence, and I just remember thinking, like, what what is going on? I couldn't help but smile after the last home run around third base. I was just like, I have no idea what's happening. So after that, were you just trying to hit dingers in practice like the next day? Well, that was the last like that was the last tournament. Like, That's that was perfect. My last at bats. Yeah, I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not <laughs> touching a bat. Ever, I'm not touching a bat ever again. Six home runs, six at bats. I'm done. <laughs> uh, what about your uh, your worst day or worst moment as an athlete? Um, my first Ohio State camp, I threw hard and well, but I remember in the bullpen I couldn't throw a strike. And I was like, oh, these guys are going to think I'm awful. Just absolutely – I couldn't throw a strike. I was bouncing everything, totally overthrowing because I wanted to throw as hard as I could. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be awful. And then I think in baseball, I remember just getting absolutely dominated when I was 10 years old. Just anything I threw, they hit over the fence. And I was – like, it was just – I felt like it was David and Goliath. Anything I threw was a home run, and I just stood out there on the mound like, I guess give me the ball so I can keep serving up meatballs, and it's batting practice for the other team. Just keep jacking it over the fence. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, so who are some coaches that have inspired you so far along the way? Um, my pitching coach again, Matt DeSalvo. He's a main one. Um, my first travel ball coach, Randy Dominguez. He, um, I've known Randy since I was seven years old and just another great mentor and really taught me the fundamentals of the game and how to play hard and, you know, work for what you want and to be great, you got to work. And, um, my high school coach, Jim Hannock, he, um, he's a total baseball nut. And I remember being in like seventh and eighth grade, just going to Raider baseball camps and thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's a genius. And just being there, you know, he had, he does his own throwing program. He like buys a bunch of stuff for the baseball. He really puts his heart and soul and his time into the baseball program and it doesn't go unnoticed. So having uh, those, those people being inspiration to you, does that make you want to coach one day? Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, I want to stay in baseball as long as possible. And if that's playing, you know, hopefully it's playing, but if it's not, it's helping younger kids and being an inspiration for others and just, I mean, it's a great game. You know, it's it's a dying game in America, which is kind of crazy to think. But you see more kids that want to play soccer or 
basketball, especially when baseball, it's one of the best games to teach you about life. And it's great. It would be great to show kids what to do playing that. Absolutely. Uh, so what about best player you've ever played with or against? Do you have any, uh, anybody in mind for that? Um, I played against Blaze Jordan, who's the, I think it was like the fourth, fourth round draft pick by the Red Sox this year. I was 13 years old. We were in Kentucky and his team was loaded. I mean, they're all SEC commits now, but I just know Blaze, you know, because 13 year old hitting 500 foot home runs is absolutely insane. So I remember showing up to tournaments and I actually had to pitch against that team. And I was like, oh, well, here we go. Let's do this. And I didn't pitch bad at all. But, I mean, it was just a surreal, super surreal moment. And then I um, I played against a kid's named Jaquay Hubbard. He actually just transferred from Virginia to West Virginia for football. So my freshman year, he was a senior playing guard. And I remember he pulled. And I was, you know, little freshman squeezing, trying to spill, and just absolutely obliterated me to the ground. I was like, well, this is, I was like a buck 80 and Jaquay's like six, six, 320 pounds. It was insane. So he humbled you a little bit. What about, what about, uh, did you go after blaze a little bit? Did you try to challenge him? Yeah, I, I caved him, I think once and then got him to ground out. I threw like a fastball and I have a pretty decent curveball, So I think I got him in, but I remember I walked him one at bat and he asked our second baseman and like, I asked, he asked the second baseman, is this the hardest thrower you have on the team? And it was like <laughs> me and this kid named Gavin Bruni is also going to Ohio state. I play with Gavin now he's from Alliance and the shortstop was like, yes, like him in the freeze, like, wow, he threw was pretty slow. And I remember hearing that. And I was like this, <laughs> I struck him out. That's all I had to say. I couldn't say anything else. So, so you heard that conversation going on while you were out there? No, I heard it. Told, like after, told you, yeah. Yeah. Like when I, it was my last inning, I think I gave up like two rounds and in five innings, which is really, really good compared to a team like that. And he told me that, and I just, I couldn't help but smile because <laughs> I knew for a fact I wasn't throwing that slow, but for Blaze Jordan, who faces 18 year olds when he was 14, that was like meatballs. He had to like stay back almost. He's a wood bat. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. Uh, so what about your, uh, your decision to play at the next level? Uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, committing to Ohio State. Do you remember the exact moment? What were you looking for? So I went to – Ohio State's been always like a dream school, you know, growing up as a Buckeye fan and your whole family is a Buckeye fan. And as you, like, 13, 14, 15, you never really think you're good enough or have the ability to play for a big-time school like that. And – when you start getting older and interest comes and, you know, it starts to become a reality. So I went to a camp and like, it went awesome. I loved it there. Loved all the coaches. And I think I got an offer. It was October, October 7th. I want to say I got my offer and the camp was September 28th. So right after, and I waited, you know, just weighed other options, talked to my family, prayed about it. And then I think, January 7th I committed it was it was during a national championship I don't know who was playing but I called Beals at halftime was like hey I'm sorry you're probably busy but I just I want to be a Buckeye already and he was super ecstatic so it's weird that I remember the dates but it's such a life-changing moment and like a life impacting moment that you remember like where you were and what happened so when you finally committed was that more of a relief or were you more like putting your recruiting hat on kind of and trying to go after these other kids that go to Ohio state. Um, 
I don't know. I think so. Trey Pancake, he goes to South Range. He actually is committed to Ohio State too. He's on the release team. He's my catcher for high school. I remember trying to like we were both getting recruited by Ohio State kind of at the same time. Mine went a little faster because I'm a pitcher and he's a position player. That's naturally going to happen. But I remember, you know, us two try, kind of get recruited together. And then I saw Gavin and Jace committed. I knew they were great. And I just wanted – I knew, like, right off the bat, we were going to have a great class. And the, the culture down there at Ohio State was shifting into a winning program. And, you know, we we talk about it now, not only winning Big Ten championships, but winning regionals, going to a super, and potentially going to Omaha. Awesome. Uh, do you have any advice for kids that are going through or, or will be going through someday the recruiting process? I would say, you know, you have to look yourself in the mirror and realize, you know, what's the best fit for me academically and athletically. Because college coaches, I don't want to say aren't going to waste their time, but they have a program to run and they have like a job to keep. You know, they can't just recruit anybody. So I would definitely just look yourself in the mirror, be honest with each other. Definitely have like a certain list of schools, you know, that you want to go to and shoot for because there's over a hundred division one schools across the country. Like, especially for baseball, there's so many, so many great schools that you could go to and just limiting yourself just to schools that you think you want to go to at first really, really helps simplify the process and make it quicker in the long run. So your release team, uh, your, your travel team, how important is it to be on a competitive travel team? Does that kind of help you network to get college scouts and, and, you know, kind of get access to that? Yeah, so it's funny. They always say follow the arms. If you're a position player, follow where the great pitchers are. So we have some pretty really good pitchers on our team. And I remember not this summer because college coaches weren't allowed to recruit, but last summer there was at least five to eight D1 scouts at every single summer game. And whether that was watching a pitcher pitch, you know, watching a certain hitter or anything. But when you have that many great guys on one team, it's almost like a hub for college coaches. You know, you have Eastern Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Kent State, you know, all the way down to North Carolina State all at one game. And it's it's a pretty surreal moment because, you know, they're looking at you or the other person. But, you know, you're there with your friends and it's just another game that you got to play and do good. So when you see those guys roll up and they're, they got their caps on and they're taking yeah. notes, are you like nervous or are you like, all right, it's showtime? For me, it was different because I was, I was recruited during a time where college coaches weren't really allowed to come watch me um, or communicate with me yet. So it was like, I would wave the Beals, you know, talk to him a little bit. So it was definitely just more of show Beals what he recruited and to make him happy about how or why he recruited me. But for other guys, I definitely know it's stressful. You know, I mean, it's it's their future. That's their future right there. It only takes one guy, but it only takes one play to turn them away. So it's definitely a stressful process. Sure. Uh, so let's uh, shift to football here a little bit. Which teammates do you see breaking out this fall? Um, we have a running back. He's going to be a junior, Dylan Dominguez. And he is an absolute stud. He um, broke, I think it was like, broke a 1,000 yards last year super easily his first varsity year and he's only gotten better faster bigger stronger this year and I think he's going to have another super breakout year super versatile back blocks well runs well he also plays safety at a super super high level so he's definitely a, a guy to break out 
Um, we have a really young offensive lineman. Um, his name's Bailey Ryan. Started on defense last year for us as a freshman, but he is he's a beast. He's like 6'3", like 275, he said the other day. 16-size shoe. He had a special order off of online. He just got them, so nice, big, shiny 16-size shoes. And just a big hockey player, country boy that just hits people for fun, basically. And, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy just to watch him out-muscle people on Friday nights. So, so for you, uh, you know, defensive end, tight end, which, which do you prefer, offense or defense? Um, I think it depends. I like catching balls and running, but I love pancaking guys. I, if I was, I always tell, if I was going to gain a bunch of weight, I'd love to go and play tackle in college. Just the pancake. Really? Guys. Nobody, but, nobody says um, that. It's, it's super weird. Cause I'm probably like the only division one pitcher that that's in the nation that wants to run over dudes on Friday nights and block six, six, 300 pound defensive linemen across them. But I just find joy just getting my hands inside and running them over, running them to the, our sideline. So like all my guys can get in their face. It's, it's so much fun. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, do you but have, any... I, yeah, go ahead. I also like, Pass rushing is probably the most satisfying thing you can do on a football field, getting a big sack. So that's another thing. Good deal. Uh, do you have any pre-game uh, rituals or, or game day routines? Um, so for high school at school, I'm constantly drinking water and, you know, eat fruits, veggies, before protein before the game. But I do the same stretching routine. I have it all written down on a piece of paper in a folder, and I do the same stretching routine before every game and I'm totally drenched in sweat before I even touch a baseball but I that's what I believe in that's what I do and then in, in summer I just try to get a good night's sleep nothing crazy like wearing the same like socks in high school I wear the same socks every time I start because if I'm if I'm in a groove I'm not changing it I wash them of course I'm not gross <laughs> but I I try to wear the same socks and I wear the same sliders too so for, for, I guess this is for baseball and football, uh, do you prefer turf or grass? Baseball, when I'm playing the field, I want grass baseball. But when I'm pitching, I don't care. But as long as the mound is dirt, that's fine. I don't really like pitching off turf mounds, in which that was like kind of a deciding factor in my recruiting process, dirt or um, – because there's no, there's no pros that have turf mounds. They're all dirt. And then football, definitely turf. We practice on the grass sometimes, and I feel like my knees are going to explode. Definitely turf all day long for football. <laughs> uh, so you, you kind of have a, a weird thing where you collect baseball gloves. Can you explain that a little bit? Um, it's definitely obsession that, like, I know I have it, but I just got to feed into the system. It's, it's, it's crazy. It started when I was 12 years old. I got my first 82,000. And, you know, when you're 12 and have an E2000, you're the coolest dude on the block. So I, it just increased over time. And I look around my room sitting here and there's about 14 <laughs> or 10 gloves on the ground. And I know there's two in my car and two on the counter. It's like, what have I gotten myself into? And it's, I have everything that rages from like an old Rawlings from 1989 to a brand new A2K I picked up two weeks ago. So it's, I also have a Wilson that was a, Ted Williams model, and I have no idea what year it's from, but it's super old, but it's in great condition still. Wow, that that is that is unbelievable, man. So, um, I mean, is this just what you do every year for Christmas? 
you know, back in the day we had, we had, this is before your time, but we had catalogs and we like circle things that yeah. we wanted. So you just, every year you circled a baseball glove or what? It's every year we go to Georgia for baseball. I'm coming home with a glove. It's, there's no, there's no if and buts, you know, my birthday's August 31st. I got my, my birthday present July 6th. Cause that's when we were in Georgia. I was like, okay, this is what I want. It's fine. And then for Christmas, it's always some sort of glove. I don't know if it's the most expensive one because maybe I want other presents, but it's definitely some some sort of leather that I'm putting on my hand I'm getting for Christmas because I, I like fiend for it. It's like, oh, I need to break in a glove or I'm going to go crazy. So I, I, I need, I just need a glove to use and to break in. So do your, your, your teammates ever like take your glove and like hide it in the dugout? No, they, no, they know. I, no, <laughs> No way. I, yeah, that's, that, that'd be a rough day in their life. I, I let guys, like, if you want to touch my glove, put your hand in the glove, yeah, just make sure you're wearing it right, you know, two in, one out, or just straight up. Like, as long as you're doing it right, that's fine. But if, and then don't set it on the side, set it normal like I had it. But since I'm the glove guru and know everything about gloves, I'm allowed to do whatever I want to your glove and I'll fix it. Let you know if it's bad, I'll break it in. I, when we were in Georgia, like four dudes got gloves and I was at my hotel, just breaking in gloves while everybody was hanging out and I'm probably the nerd in the corner breaking in gloves, but it's like what I like to do. So you are, you are a hardcore glove judger then you're judging all the other guys. Yeah. Gloves. We have a second baseman, Jake Johnson. He's going to Ohio state and he has this, beat up a2k i i don't even know what year it's from and i'm like jake first off you're a pitcher infielder you only have one glove you don't even have a pitcher's glove so that's a problem number one two this thing is a pancake it doesn't hold its shape or anything he's like but it's i like it, it fits to my hand i like the model i'm like listen give me a day so i went home got my Easton small batch it's the same exact model as the a2k same shape and everything he's like yeah, I really like this. I really like it. I'm like, you want to use it for the game? And he's like, no. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like, you have a like a just broken in beautiful glove, same model size and everything, and you don't even want to try it. It just it, it blows my mind. I mean, I get it, it's the comfort level and everything. Like, I pitch with the same exact glove, but it's literally like a pancake that just falls over. I don't know how he uses it or how he can. How do you have one baseball glove? You're a baseball player. Like how do you, how do you do that? That's so, insane. So, <laughs> what about uh, what about your your soon to be roommate Jace? Does is he got a pretty nice glove, or is that something I've, to I've, work on? I've already we literally had this conversation last night on Facetime. I was messing around with gloves, and he's like, "Dude, I got an A two thousand infielder glove that's stuffed in my bag right now, or a pitcher's glove that's stuffed in my bag in some crappy Louisville Slugger outfit." I'm like, "Okay, that's changing, like that." we talked I, I said i'm gonna build drawers in our room with um like shelves where we can lay our gloves and he geez i'm like your glove isn't going to be on there because it's so bad but you know whatever that's fine <laughs> you guys are like brothers already man that's awesome yeah it's awesome <laughs> all right jake i appreciate being on the podcast man and best of luck to you in the future absolutely thank you very much Thanks a lot for listening to another episode of the Bases Loaded podcast. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bases Podcast.